0: Welcome to another episode of Chillin in the State House. I am Andrew Ball, one half of the Topeka Capital Journal State House team, and we are here with your weekly, usually weekly, dose? somewhat weekly, weekly during election season, <laughs> weekly when we can uh, dose of Kansas government and politics. I'm joined by my better half of the Cap Journal State House team, Jason Tid. Jason, how goes it? Well, I think
1: this might be the first time listeners have heard from me since vacation.
0: You look very tan.
1: Well, the sunburn that I got while on vacation uh, wore off like two weeks ago, so if that says anything about how long it's been since I've been on our own
2: podcast.
0: We are also joined, as always, by our good friend, friend of the podcast, John Hannon, the Associated Press. John, how are you? Hello,
2: Andrew. I'm doing fine if I was... Any more chill, I'd be a polar bear, so.
0: <laughs> We're just chilling like a bunch of polar bears. And you know what chill polar bears talk about when they sit around the iceberg? You mean they drink Coke? <laughs> hey, that was a good, that was a good segue. Uh, much like New Coke, although I think he's hoping it's going to be more successful than New Coke, uh, we have a new Kobach in the kansas attorney general's race potentially well,
2: that is what republicans are saying right uh, that is the phrase they've used over and over A new kobach uh, what that means generally what that is shorthand for is a kobach who stays more on message um, is presenting a calmer and steadier face to voters uh, the campaign is said to be more organized this time around than it was when he lost the 2018 governor's race in the Republican primary for the U.S. Senate in 2020. And um, he's talking less about immigration in the sense of cracking down on people coming to the U.S. illegally, illegal immigration. There are some references to it, But mainly, it seems, in the context of discussing fentanyl trafficking, illegal fentanyl trafficking. So we
0: will back up just a little bit here. Uh, Former Secretary of State Chris Kobach, perhaps I think I referred to him in my story in the AG's race as the most notorious brand in Kansas politics today. We can, I guess, parse that out later if we like.
2: A, a, a. Somebody known for being a provocateur on immigration and voter ID issues. Exactly, and he
0: is he is seeking a comeback after a failed run for governor, uh, a failed run for U.S. Senate, where he lost in the primary to to now U.S. Senator Roger Marshall. Uh, and he is facing in the general election Democrat Chris Mann after winning the August primary. And this is kind of an interesting one, Jason, because uh, Attorney General Derek Schmidt, obviously running for governor, um, and the primary, I think, even with Kobach and a couple other folks, was kind of interesting. How how did we get here?
1: Well, uh, Attorney General Derek Schmidt did not endorse a primary – well, not not a challenger, but one of the three Republicans running in the primary. Uh, He hasn't since – he has endorsed uh, Chris Kobach. The Republicans pretty quickly coalesced around each other. Uh, the, the primary was largely about the Chris Kobach brand, and if he uh, was a competent Secretary of State who could be a competent Attorney General. Uh, and his background with uh, some failed lawsuits and defense of laws led some to suggest he would not be competent uh kelly warren largely campaigned on whether uh chris kobach could win in a general uh election as he did not win in 2018 and tony mativi largely campaigned on he could do the actual job of attorney general and focus on the issues and you know that's kind of where chris mann the democrat has campaigned the he is a prosecutor a police officer uh, has really focused his campaign around crime, and it, and, and uh, like traditional attorney general roles, some consumer and, protection and, issues, I think. And, and while Chris Kobach had has done a lot of, I'm going to sue the Joe Biden administration, he he started kind of pivoting back to the core roles of the attorney general's office, or at least his messaging has gone toward the more traditional as opposed to the old Kobach.
2: Well, and and in the primary, he had a five-point plan. And, you know, one of them was Sue Biden as often as possible. Although what's interesting is uh, in the news conference he had... Uh, yesterday, was that yesterday? Thursday, Thursday, yeah. He talked about, well... I'm not going to just sue to sue. I'm going to look at the issues and see if there's a a, a constitutional problem or issue that needs to be resolved. I mean, and, and in, you're- in a kind of a pivot toward the middle, uh-
0: as much as. Kobach perhaps is comfortable doing- I mean, Well, I mean,
1: his, it's, it's, his primary it's, campaign signs
2: said sue Joe Biden.
0: Well, and, 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 and he and said he's going to wake up every morning while eating his cornflakes, thinking about how he's going to sue Joe Biden. Now, see, I
2: think he said breakfast. I think he left open the possibility that he could have eggs and bacon or or something like that. But um, yes, he did. He he made it clear that he would be looking for opportunities to sue joe biden and even at one point upbraided kelly warren for suggesting that she might only take pursue the cases that the state would have a good chance of winning making the argument that there's value in taking a, a more difficult case to court and trying to win it even if the battle is a little uphill um and so, yes, this this interesting statement in the news conference where he made it clear, well, I'm not, I'm not just going to sue to sue. I mean, I'm going to see if there's an issue. that, and, and I'm trying to remember what that came in the context. Oh, the pardon, uh, President Biden's pardoning of, of people convicted in federal court and held for possession of marijuana. And, you know, the, the president has pretty broad pardon powers as does the governor so his point was it might be difficult to find legal grounds for challenging that um and that was an interesting way of putting it and um yeah there there are a lot of republicans who think kobach has been uh, a lot more measured and more importantly for them a lot better organized his campaign he hired uh uh I think it's Axiom Strategies out of the Kansas City area. A big prominent Republican consultant named Jeff Rowe runs that firm, but here one of the members of that firm is state senator J.R. Clays from um Salina. Salina. I was blanking it was I knew it was north central Kansas. And um and Clay's is interesting because in 2010 he ran for Secretary of State and lost the primary, the Republican primary to Kobach, but he's since become an ally, consultant, and 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 he's also in pretty good stead with Republican leaders. So that's kind of a link to legislative Republicans. Well, and I'm curious, John. You know. What
0: do you make of the idea that that Kobach is trying a brand refresh? I mean, I think, you know, it's one thing to try a rebrand of something that not a lot of people know about to try and get it to stick. But seemingly Kobach, and I think this was this was part of the reason why we saw, um, why he had a, a strong performance in the primary. his name recognition is off the charts. It just might not be a good kind of name recognition well, when you get in into some a general ways it, election. I mean, he
2: does have a very solid base of support within the Republican Party. I mean, kind of half jokingly here, you know, when Madonna reinvented herself, for um, do you guys know who Madonna is? Are you. you know, um, anyway, <laughs> she used to reinvent herself every three or four years and add something to the musical style and try something new and different. This, uh, and I think Kobach would argue he's not changing the substance of what he stands for. I mean, he still opposes abortion. He still thinks immigration laws ought to be tightened. Uh, he's still going to pursue voter fraud if he's elected attorney general. That's one of his promises. So his argument really is, and the people around him argue, that he's not really changing his stance on en- anything. It's what's different is the style. This is a, a more measured, more organized style. And uh, one prominent Republican, Helen Van Etten, who's a longtime activist from Topeka, she's going to run for state chair next year. You know, she said, I have always seen this side of Chris Kobach around and now it's just coming out others say he's just i mean Kobach himself says he's doing more delegating because he feels he has the organization that he can delegate to and so really there's kind of this message in all of this of and and he said he's approaching this campaign much more with his lawyer's approach because the attorney general is a lawyer's, at bottom, it's a lawyer's job. And so what he's doing, what Republicans hope voters see, is somebody who will handle the job in a calm, measured, methodical, organized way. Gone are the guns on the back of the jeep, like we saw well, in the yes. and Shawnee in the, 2018. The, the, the most famous jeep in Kansas, I the think, the red,
1: white, and blue jeep. Yes, from flag Iowa.
2: festooned. The flag festooned jeep with, I think it, it it had a Trump bobblehead on the hood, and I think that the then president might have signed the glove box along with Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent signed something on the jeep. Somewhere, But yeah, that was that. Was, and, and what happened was uh, it's a friend of Kobach's who actually owns the Jeep and, you know, let him use it during the campaign in 2018. And Kobach unveiled it in the summer. And as as you might imagine, there was an immediate uh, round of criticism, particularly on the left uh and and mr kobach mocked liberals for what he called the snowflake meltdown so he kind of left the impression that he was enjoying the kerfluffle he was causing in public but of course that jeep became the symbol of what people found what what irritated people about mr kobach He, he
1: did ultimately take the replica machine
2: gun off of it right well, it was still there in October. I have pictures of it in October 2018 where it was still there. And it was st- I think it was still there on election night cuz they parked it in front of It was definitely there on primary night in in 2018 and I I I was at a parade he was in in Baldwin City in late October, I think, and it was still there.
0: Well, guns or no guns, Jeep or no Jeep, Jason. Chris Mann is arguing there is no new Kobach. He's the same Kobach that we have always Kobaked. right? Something like that. Maybe
2: with a little yeah. more polish than I had.
1: Pretty much. You could go into political communications.
2: <laughs> the the you know the the as Kobach's critics said, one version of the leopard does not change his spots, or the zebra does not change his stripes. Some metaphor like that. And, you know, they're pointing to what Kobach has said about abortion as an example of how he hasn't changed. Um, you know, he he supported that anti-abortion amendment to the state constitution, the one that would have declared that the constitution doesn't recognize a right to abortion, which would, of course, have allowed the legislature to ban it. He supported that. Um, and he's saying he will... Despite the failure of that amendment at the polls he will defend existing abortion laws and will argue that they still are still are constitutional under the 2019 decision of the Kansas Supreme Court declaring access to abortion a fundamental right under the state constitution but he has also talked about changing how supreme court justices are selected They're now appointed by the governor after candidates are screened by a lawyer-led commission. He's talking about electing them. His argument is that would eventually lead to a more conservative Supreme Court, which could then overturn that 2019 ruling. And, you know, his supporters say, look, he still opposes abortion. He's anti-abortion. His views are so well known that he can't backpedal. And, but critics say, well, uh, former Kansas House Majority Leader Don Heinman said, well, I thought we lived in a representative democracy, and he's showing that he's willing to uh, go against the will of the people, something like that. So, I mean, clearly his critics, Democrats, see him as a threat to abortion access despite that vote in August. So – Kobach
1: is best known nationally for his work on immigration uh, or activism on immigration, uh, he, and, and and it's interesting how he has not focused quite as much this campaign on that. While fellow Republicans down ballot uh, from him really have it toward immigration, specifically in terms of fentanyl and securing. Well,
2: by Republicans is what they're saying about immigration is if the their argument is if the Biden administration could or would secure the border, there would not be as much fentanyl coming across and it wouldn't be a problem. We're not. Getting the rhetoric, at least here in Kansas, of so much of we've got to keep these immigrants out of Kansas Although that has that argument is of course still out there, it's more about we've got to secure the border so that fentanyl doesn't come across. I, the federal government, I think, says two cartels in in Mexico are largely responsible for most of the fentanyl that that gets across. And and for re, for listeners who aren't quite familiar with it, fentanyl is this synthetic opioid that. Basically, drug traffickers use to cut into other drugs. They put it in other drugs to extend those drugs. It also gives you a more powerful high. It's It can be 50 times more potent than heroin. And, you know, it can be fatal even the first time you take it.
1: And fentanyl does have medical yes. uses. For those who have suggested fentanyl should be declared like a weapon of mass destruction, uh, as some politicians have fentanyl does have legitimate medical uses
2: and there's a lot of debate right now about how it's getting into the u.s i mean it is the d the dea i think is the one saying that it's mostly mexican cartels that are responsible but it, there are it, all kinds of questions about is it immigrants coming to the u.s illegally is it u.s citizens coming from mexico to the U.S. and, you know, bring it across in cars. How, how is it happening? The, but- the Washington
1: Post had an analysis of this. And I, I think the way it has been portrayed to a lot of people is that an undocumented immigrant has a backpack full of fentanyl coming across an unsecured part of the border. When in reality, it is more common for an American citizen to be driving a vehicle in which
2: fentanyl is hidden through a border checkpoint. Well, and and the sheriff here, Sheriff Brian Hill, was talking about during the news conference. He endorsed Kobach. He was talking about how when when officers and EMTs deal with it, they they have to cover they have to carry antidotes because apparently it's volatile enough that if you come in contact with it, it can be dangerous. Though there are, I, there's some <laughs> myths I think surrounding that. Well, okay. The way, I mean, that was his suggestion during the news conference. I, there are several
1: high-profile examples of police departments suggesting that to be yeah. the case. Like, the Kansas City, Kansas Police Department, I think, recently did that. And medical experts saying that that is... Not the case. Right. Next to impossible.
2: Okay. Well, I'm not a fentanyl expert. I know with, like, for example, if you're dealing with meth because it's cooked in something you can have basically an environmental hazard and 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 you know explosions and stuff like that but
0: but it it is true that law enforcement schools even now um i mean i carry it carry narcan which is the overdose reversal drug that can be administered um if someone overdoses on any opiate but including fentanyl
1: Kansas does not have an annual fentanyl report, but we do have an annual meth report, and it shows that over the past decade, the amount of meth coming into, into Kansas and the United States as a whole from Mexico has been increasing. So it's not like fentanyl is unique in
0: this regard. Well, and, and I will say, year over year, we are number two in the country for fastest increases on overdose deaths. I believe number one was Vermont, I think, somewhere in the Northeast. So no doubt this is a problem. There definitely is some debate about how to address it. Kobach uh, said at the news conference yesterday, he thinks a deterrent will be uh, an enhancement, basically, if you're a drug dealer who sells someone... Fentanyl that they or an associate of theirs eventually dies from during an overdose, you can be charged basically with murder. It varies man- man from state to state. or something. Yeah.
2: Basically, the idea is you're not just charged with simple drug trafficking. You There's a tougher charge and you can go to prison for years. Um, I do,
0: I do though, want to talk a bit more about Kobach's opponent, Chris Mann, because yes. he has a bit of a—he is an interesting candidate Never run for office before, but has an interesting background, particularly juxtaposed with Kobach, which he's been relying very heavily on. Prosecutor, first law enforcement cop, Lawrence Police Department officer, injured during a traffic stop with a drunk driver, forced to retire, went to law school, became a prosecutor,
2: and eventually went
0: into private practice.
2: Well, and there was a stint as a securities regulator in between there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he also served on the National Board of Mothers Against Drunk Driving for, you know, he was doing some pro bono work for, uh, I'm sorry, free legal work for some folks. Um, So, yeah, he's had an interesting career. But, of course, he's not, you know, until this race, he was basically, and for maybe even some voters yet, still a political unknown. Well, and, and
0: Jason, he really has been focused on—Kobach has been kind of the bulk of his messaging, basically. The incompetence of Kobach that he argues in the past on some of those cases, that Kobach is a politician, whereas he, he is a public servant. Uh, you know, w- what kind of messaging are we seeing out of the man camp? Well, it, it, exactly as you said, he— he was really
1: focusing on that background, especially during the first several months of the campaign. Uh, And during that time, of course, Kobach, as we said, was uh, focusing on the appeal to the base of the Republican Party. And now during the general, as it's kind of been the new Kobach, we, we had uh, just a few days ago, Kobach unveiled his own public safety plan, including that enhancement on fentanyl-related uh, crimes. And uh, we, we had uh, Chris Mann criticizing that plan.
2: Well, what, was was Mann criticizing the plan, or was he, uh, if I'm recalling the statement correctly, he was suggesting that, that Kobach couldn't carry it off because of various legal controversies in the past for example the uh, the strict uh, show your citizenship papers uh requirement for new voters which the federal court struck down i think 2021 2020 or 2021 and then the state was on the hook to pay more than a million dollars in uh, the legal fees for the people who filed the lawsuit challenging it so that was that is often an example that's thrown out there because at some point the the federal judge who was handling the case uh, got irritated enough with what was going on in the courtroom that she ordered him to uh, take some continuing education, um, and which he did, um, but. Um, I didn't think he was actually getting to the substance of the proposals, just saying, I mean, you know, okay, Chris Kobach says this, but can he do it? I mean the the, the interesting thing to me is is that man is really stressing this idea that that Kobach is running for attorney general as a comeback and as a stepping stone. And what he said to me in an interview was, you know, I'm not going to use this to get attention or to, you know, go somewhere else. I'm going to focus on the office because, you know, most of Kobach's critics suspect that if he wins and becomes attorney general – Somewhere down the line, there will be a run for another office, governor, U.S. Senate, something. Or a role in a Republican uh, cabinet. Well, there was some discussion of that when Trump was president, you know, um, and of course, Kobach was the vice chairman of President Trump's short-lived election fraud commission. So. You know there were at some point there were talk about some position in homeland security and 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 stuff like that so it would be if he is elected attorney general would be probably that kind of speculation would come up again with a new republican president anyway
0: well and i on on Chris Mann had a, his own press conference last week. He was rolling out a number of attorneys who were endorsing him. And it was interesting. That was, I think, kind of the most at length I've I've talked with um, Mr. Mann to date. And, you know, it is interesting trying to press him kind of on where he – what he would – it wouldn't do as far as defending the state's existing abortion laws. He is being um, – he is being very careful in his messaging, and I, it will be interesting, I think, to see, you know, whether making this election a referendum on Kobach will work. Because I think, you know, we, I think, the three of us were talking informally about this at one point. But for all of Kobach's past history, what some would argue is his past baggage, he is not as much an outlier in terms of his policy beliefs as he once was in the Republican Party on things like immigration or voter fraud, um, abortion. He, you know, the party has kind of drifted closer to where he is. And we've seen that, you know, with other
2: attorneys general as well. well Ken and Paxton in Texas. Yes. I mean, and, and he, uh, he talked about assisting in Ken Paxton's lawsuit after the 2020 election, seeking to challenge results in some battleground states. Although, again at this news conference he said no 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 this that was totally about uh the process these states had and changed as opposed to actual fraud but um yeah i it you know when you when you're looking at his positions and candidates within the republican party um yeah he in terms of where he is on the issues he's not that far from them. I mean, immigration is always a bit of a sticky wicket for Republicans because, you know, you have agricultural interests and business interests that want the federal government to solve the problem and come up with a better, smoother running, more, I, I think they way they would say it is more rational immigration system so that the immigrant workers that business and agriculture need still get here and the borders are are secure
1: and chris Kilbach hasn't gotten endorsements from all republican groups and part of it is Mm -hmm. that immigration stance that isn't particularly uh what the agricultural and business interests want
2: but in but in terms of where the bulk of the uh the republican party in kansas especially is on say abortion i mean yeah, he's right with the where the bulk of the party seems to be, at least the party activists. Um, I mean, the vote in August called into question, you know, whether there's a sizable chunk of the Republican Party that still supports access to abortion. Whether they do or not, they keep <laughs> electing anti-abortion legislators. So that's, uh, you know, that's an interesting puzzle to solve, uh, in Kansas politics. but
0: Well, in, in closing, we should point out the limited polling that we have on this general election matchup shows it's close. It was 41%, I think, 4139 Kobach, the Emerson College poll released three weeks ago now. God, it all blends together. Um, which indicates a race inside the margin of error, so basically a toss-up, but also a race where there are a lot of undecideds. And I think, you know, talking about the Quote, unquote new Kobach, potentially there are some folks sitting on the fence trying to decide if the new Kobach sticks and if they're
2: comfortable pulling the lever for him. Yeah, that's an interesting question because is he he's so well known, is the question whether they're comfortable with him or comfortable with man? Yeah, that's that. Uh, I mean, that's a good, that's a good you point. know, there's always an argument with a. With somebody in politics who's very well known, you know, if everybody knows this person and they can't three weeks out, um, they haven't decided to vote for that person. You know, the question I get from activists is, well, what are they going to learn in three weeks that's going to push them over the edge? But, of course, I mean, that's a little bit of the fun and mystery of politics, Uh, You know, we're still three weeks out at this point, three weeks plus, and who knows what issue will arise, what October surprise there will be. Boo!
1: At least we're not covering the Georgia Senate race.
2: That's uh, October surprises, plural, I think. <laughs> I think that's like, I think the uh, the Georgia Senate race is like just one rolling October surprise <laughs> after another. Um. Yeah, that's a pretty volatile race. Pretty interesting thing. My brother lives in Georgia, by the way, my youngest brother. Well, for all the coverage of
0: all the October surprises or November surprises or December surprises... Um, The Capital Journal has you covered. You can find all our state government and politics coverage and coverage of really anything else at CJOnline.com. Find us on Twitter at CJOnline or like us on Facebook and Instagram. And Jason, where are you on Twitter where you'll be posting lots of vacation photos?
1: I have not posted any vacation (laughs) photos, but I am at
2: Jason underscore Tid.
0: And I am at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L. John, where can they find your work?
2: Uh, At APJDHanna on Twitter. And then uh, www.apnews backslash, the hand movement there, Kansas. Um, You know, you can also Google my name if you want. Um, And that's where my work is.
0: And if you want to listen to back episodes of this podcast, I think we have one... Way back when, talking about Kobach, when he announced his run, I want to say. So if you if you just can't get enough of Kobach, uh, we have you covered. Uh, you can find Chilling in the Statehouse. And
2: this is like the 51st episode, right?
0: Yeah, we, um, what's 50? Is 50 silver, gold anniversary?
2: Yeah, I, don't know. I, I think it's gold. I think it's gold. Maybe, because 60 is platinum, I think.
0: Well, because we're reporters, it's going to be... Uh, Fake gold, <laughs> <laughs> fool's gold. <laughs> gold anniversary, gold. Queen's Jubilee. Uh, <laughs> well, it's the king now. God save the king. Um, God save children in the state house, especially because it's we're so close to the election. Um, you can find all our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play or you can go to cjonline.com and we do our best to post new episodes as we record them. Jason? John? Jason, Andrew? John.
2: We need to brainstorm a better way to <laughs>
0: transition out.
2: <laughs> just but, play that just play that funky music, you know, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Thank you guys I love that for, music.
0: Thank you guys for coming on and doing a musical rendition for us and we will see you all dear listeners at this same place same time next week. have a good one.